It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, Let's go in the lab. In the lab time, we're a day off because John was out in Los Angeles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soaking up by the Hollywood sign with sunglasses on. Dipping his hands in that Walk of Fame thing, right, John Harris? Well, we did go to the Hollywood sign. We did go to the, the Walk of Fame. Uh-huh. I did find Chris Farley's star the same, uh-huh. on the same walk that I found John Belushi's star. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we, went, we, went, we did every quintessential L.A. thing you can do, and my daughter loved it. She's ready to, to move out there yesterday. Um, but – but yes, we are delayed in, on our in the lab because because of me, and I I I, I get that. So it's all good. I apologize. No apologies necessary, Brosif. It's June. Yeah, I'm ready to rock. We're gonna do a fun one today. It's a what if. You're gonna pepper me with what ifs. Yeah. I'll answer. You'll answer as well, and we'll wrap this up and and do this again next Tuesday. But in between now and then, we've got two bonus in the labs coming. That's gonna be pretty fun. That's on right. Saturday. And on Monday, so you're just going to get in the lab all over the place. Yeah, from now till next Tuesday. Can we make that a, a verb? You just got in the lab. You got four in the labs coming to you in six days' time. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, instead of you got served, it was like you, you got, got in, in the lab. That's right. Yeah, there you go. I, I think about this a lot. It's one of my. I, I used to do this on my overnight show, Drew. Uh, I used to do something called the Ultimate Eleven, and so. It essentially became my list. It was like Letterman at top ten. I had the Ultimate Eleven. The Ultimate Eleven was born out of. So anytime you see this now, know that I had the original idea. But essentially, the Ultimate Team depth chart. Uh-huh. I would come up with a different topic. So like the Ultimate Eleven, Oklahoma Sooners offense of the eighties, and you know come through with what that offense. You got Keith Jackson at tight end. Right. You got Spencer Tillman as one of your halfbacks. You got Jamel Holloway as your quarterback, About and you just go on down play. the line. So that that I was. That was where it started. So one night, I was trying to think of a topic for my Ultimate Eleven, and I came up with what if. Mm-hmm. And because I had a national show, it was pretty cool because I had what ifs from everybody, and they were really interesting. And so what I would do is I would accumulate all these. Now I got when I did that the first time, I had over five thousand responses. Uh huh. It was it was unbelievable. It was I was like they just kept flooding in. I mean I couldn't I couldn't stop them every time that I would reintroduce it. And for I those. Would get, for Hundreds those, more. For those wondering, an example is, what if the Rockets had actually made that trade and dealt Ralph Sampson to the Trailblazers for the Trailblazers pick in the 84 draft? So they would have had their own pick and they'd have taken Hakeem Olajuwon. Right. And they probably would have taken Michael Jordan as well. Right. That's exactly what if. What if the... Well, I don't want to use a Texan. What if the Rockets had played the Bulls with Michael Jordan in the playoffs? So those are the that's kind of what we're going with here. Uh-huh. So I like it. I'm going to hit you with some what ifs. Let's go, John. Right, here's my number one. What if the Texans had actually signed Peyton Manning in 2012? You win a Super Bowl, not necessarily that year, right? But probably the next year or the year after, you win a Super Bowl. It's pretty interesting to think about. That year, the year after, because the year after in 2013, 2-14. Yeah. 
because Matt had had a precipitous drop off, but and he just, and he really hit a stride in comparison. Peyton right, Manning, right, thirteen, right, exactly. Where you thought Peyton was going to fall off, all of a sudden he goes to a different level. Uh huh. So you say the Texans would have won a Super Bowl in yes, yes, I do. Thirteen, I think, in union with the defense and what yes. it was. Yeah, I do. What do you think? I thought that for years. I thought they could have won one of those. It was not 2012. I thought 2012 was probably the better shot. But you bring up a great point in 2013. I think 2013 was a matter of circumstance. The circumstance being that Matt just uh-huh. just fell off the face of the earth. So from that, that particular moment, it was like. And that defense was kind of starting to click. Cushing was kind of looking okay. And, I, I mean, if you're, if you're playing the way you think you could play with Peyton Manning, you're probably not in that sort of situation. He probably doesn't get his knee wrecked. It's all ifs, buts, candy nuts, Merry Christmas. Right. But he, he, he doesn't get his knee wrecked against Can- – you're probably, what, 4-1, four 4-2 and one, four and two at that point. So it's a, just a different situation. But, yeah, I think I think you win a Super Bowl with Peyton. Okay. What if? Now, before I ask this one. But, but, but wait, backtrack. Okay. Jay Moore actually made this point on Radio Row, and it was a good point at the time. He said, like, before Peyton Manning even signed with the Broncos, he said, the guy's not allowed to ride a roller coaster because of his neck. Right. Why would you sign him to a deal? And I, th- I was kind of of the same mind. I was, I was kind of the same mind, too. I, no. thought, he was, I thought he was done. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was done. Okay, heading into the 2011 draft, I should say this. There was an article a couple years ago that was a oral history of the 2011 draft. Uh-huh. The 2011 draft was an unbelievable draft. Stars fell. And former GM Rick Smith was interviewed for that. And he said that his plan and thought going into the NFL draft was that he would have traded up and had a trade in the works for Patrick Peterson. Yes. So what if in the 2011 draft, instead of drafting J.J. Watt, the Texans traded for Patrick Peterson? Your secondary is better, but... Don't – because if you draft Patrick Peterson, do you sign Jonathan Joseph and Danielle Manning? Right. Good point. And if you draft Patrick Peterson, are you, does that mean you're pairing him with Kareem Jackson at corner or Kareem, Kareem Jackson and Glover Quinn at corner? Because remember, Glover Quinn was a corner. Right, right. Didn't get moved to safety until you signed J. Joe and, and Danielle Manning. Manning. Yeah. Your secondary is better, but I don't know how much better your defense is without the game record that is J.J. Watt. I, I just – I, I don't know. Now, going into that draft, February, late January. Of 2011. 2011, Von Miller. That was the guy they Yeah. Won. But he played er, senior bowl and all the measurables and stuff. It he just he went, went into a different stratosphere and wound up being picked second overall. Alden Smith was the guy they were really after, but he went, what, fifth to the Niners? Seventh. Seventh to he the Niners, seventh, yeah. yeah. And, and Peterson, then, I think, was sixth, maybe? Yeah. I think Peterson was sixth. And then Smith went seventh and was like, I remember that happening. And I remember hearing at the time that those were two guys that they were. And when Alden Smith went off the board at seven, I was like, man, what are they going to do? But they knew it was a good draft, and they were right. happy when they got Watt. But he was not, surprisingly, he was not that number one right. top of their board. But I do remember in the in the press conference when he came to town that I remember next that. day. I was there. Wade Phillips was up at the podium with him because back then the Texans draft pick would speak to the media and the coordinator on whatever side of the ball would would be up there with him. And Wade lifted up JJ's hand and was like, 
look at this guy's hand, biggest <laughs> hand in the draft. And then he also talked about JJ and the sh- I think the three cone drill or the shuttle, some shuttle drill that he just destroyed and was amazing at. So yeah, you know, you know how I am at pressers. Like okay. I don't, I don't ask questions. Like I, I sit, I listen, I take it all in. A lot of times because we get those guys in studio, so I don't want to use up any questions. And I, I just, I, you, you don't ask any questions. I, I don't ask any questions. I have questions. I just I don't. <laughs> but I save them because, you, like, like you get you get a lot of the the high profile figures around here in TV interviews. So I save those questions because we're going to get Coach O'Brien. We're going to get players yeah. in here. So I save the questions. But back then I didn't, and I'll never forget when he put his hand up and he started talking about three cone time. I was like, okay, that's all well and good. Now, keep in mind, my dad was the biggest JJ Watt fan in the world. Because he's from Wisconsin, loved Watt. All his buddies back in Wisconsin were telling him about J.J. Watt, even before J.J. had gotten to Wisconsin, had told him about J.J., that they had heard of him and all that, even though had gone to Central Michigan. They were like, hey, keep an eye on his Watt kid. You know, so my dad, my dad was a huge fan. And so kind of through him, I was a J.J. fan before he even you know, got here. So I was really excited when we drafted him. I was, I'll, I'll never forget, I went on radio and, and, uh, and they asked me, I remember Lance was doing it at the time. He said, well, what about Watt? I said, look, I think this. I think Watt's a heck of a player. I just don't know how they're going to use him. I don't know how they're going to play them in this defense that they already have, Mario Williams. And Antonio Smith. I said, but I love him as a player. I just don't know how they're going to put all this together. I asked the question when he put his hands up and did all that. I, I asked the question. I said, I said, but wait, how are you going to use him? Like, that to me is the most important thing. Like, yeah, I understand he's got big hands and all that. And I'll just never – I'll never forget J.J. kind of staring at me like he's new to town. I just remember him kind of staring at me. And I was like, bro, I'm in your corner, man, you, like <laughs> more than you know. I want him to tell everybody, like, what kind of player you are. Not that you got big hands and you do the, the Elko and you three-cone great. I want him to tell us, like, how they're going to use you. Like, what's the best fit for you? Because that's what that's what at the time was was really the question. So, um, Yeah, because they, they slid Mario out to outside linebacker. No, look, Patrick Peterson's one heck of a player. Uh, also, with J.J., I think there's an idea out there because of he's such a good guy and, and all that stuff that there's this idea by some, not a, not everyone, but by some that he's one of those work hard, lunch pail guys, and high energy, and he does. He is. Yeah, yeah, he has that. High motor, all that stuff. But bringing up that three cone, bringing up the hand mm-hmm. size, he is an amazing athlete as well. He's a jungle cat. I mean, just a great, great athlete. I mean, it's a combination of being that great athlete, being right. ha- having the high motor, you know, doing the study and all that stuff. He, he's he's the perfect embodiment. Now you're stuff. you're right. I think that's the one thing that gets lost. He's an amazing athlete. You, you, there's no question. And I know a lot of that went back to like 14 and 15 was doing the box jumps and 61 is box jumps or whatever it was. And people were like, oh, look, what's he doing? He is. He even to this day, he is after the two years that he had to deal with significant injuries. He's an unbelievable athlete. Yeah. At his size. I mean, you were saying the other day at the press conference, he was 290 pounds. I'm like, what he can do at 290 pounds is just, it's amazing. Okay. It's like a tiger. What if in the 2017 draft, Patrick Mahomes is not traded for at number 10? Both Mahomes and Watson are on the board at number 12. And the Texans decide to draft Patrick Mahomes over Deshaun Watson. What if Mahomes is your quarterback over Watson? I think I think you'd see a lot of the same type of results. I think I think you'd be in really good hands as well. You know, I, I think the Texans liked him a lot, but uh, 
Yeah, I, I think it'd be. I think I can't wait to see what the next decade holds with these two. I think you're going to see a lot of shootouts between these two teams. I think that could be part of it's fun, part of it's nerve wracking. Yeah. I mean, three of the most incredible days I've spent on the sideline for games have been New England, Seattle, and Philadelphia. I just want to win one of those. I want to win one of those shootouts. Yeah, no but kidding. watching watching him pull every arrow out of his bag, like Katniss from uh, whatever that movie was called. Uh, what was Top, that movie? Top Gun? No. Uh, what was that movie called? Morning Jay? I don't know. Hunger Games. That's it. Hunger oh. Games. Oh, yeah. We saw Katniss's uh, wax figure at the wax museum, and so – I couldn't think of it, but she's pulling out the arrows. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that's number four. But but I think you're right. I don't I don't know that much would be different. To be honest, I think I think much would be the same. I had these two rated very close to the other. The the tough part would be what if the Texans had drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Watson? I don't think we'd be in the same position. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, no, bad. I don't think we'd be in bad, the same bad, position. Bad. Yeah, that no, would, that would be one I would I would like. I'm so bullish on on Watson, man. I like Brian Gain was not going to play quarterback this year. Nick Casario was not going to play quarterback this year. Yeah. Bill O'Brien not going to play quarterback this year. That's why I'm so optimistic about what's going on here. Despite all the stuff going going on extraneously, that's going to get figured out on the field. Got the pieces in place, I think. Yeah, I agree. This the 90 man roster set. There will be a tweak here or there because there will be injuries and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I haven't spoken on this because I, I, I have been out of town. But it, it's not as if things are going to crumble. No. Listen, has – and have people out there ever known what the actual power – complete power structure was with the Texans? No. And it's by design. It's an organ, – they're organizational decisions to be made. But we need to know. No, you don't. There's you didn't a, know before, so you don't need to know now. There's a lot of smart – capable folks that are underneath the level of GM no that are that are still here still doing what they still normally do the same work. and yeah Texans are in good I, I I'm losing probably 0.0% sleep over this to be honest I know listen I I'm well aware of the talking point that it has become and that yeah, it is understandably like, I get so. it yeah, so yeah. you're talking about a GM job it's a big deal from that perspective it's a GM job it, it, yeah but we're not a, we're not two weeks away from the draft. No, so I'm not I'm not completely you know losing sleep too much on that. Okay, last one. What if the Texans had the number two pick in the 2003 NFL draft? In parentheses, do you think they would have taken Charlie Rogers over Andre Johnson? Mm, this is a better question for Vandermeer because I can't remember. I was living in Dallas at that time. Yeah. But I think they still would have taken Andre, right? I felt like they liked Andre all along. Hasn't this? I, I think this has been discussed, right, by Casserly? I think maybe, but yeah. they had the third pick. They but, didn't have the second. No, pick. no, I know that. I'm saying, like, did, who did they like better, like going in? I felt, I, I felt, I I felt they like liked, they liked Andre. Yeah, but I know, I know, Charlie Rogers was was the well. It just it fit. He's from Flint. Detroit had the pick, hand and glove away you go. It would have been a little bit different, obviously, if Houston had that pick as opposed to the Lions. I remember Charlie Rogers by most by most draft services, they had him ahead of Andre. Yeah. I mean if you go back and look at Andre's college numbers, you're you're like, What? Like if you just put 
if you just said, here are numbers from a college player. It's probably because he wasn't playing in the second half of most games. Well, yeah, exactly. He wasn't playing. They, they had to spread people. the wealth. Yeah. They were killing people. I mean, it just didn't matter. But if you would just look at the pure numbers, and you just went by the numbers, his numbers weren't great. Rodgers' numbers were incredible that year uh, in 2001, uh, 2002. So it would have it would have made sense in some sense that draft people at that point were like, oh, yeah, Charlie Rodgers over under – and Rodgers was everything you you wanted in a receiver. I felt like the Texans all along had Andre Johnson in their sights. Yeah, look, that felt like it was Andre Johnson. I do in their too. Sights. I want to. We should ask Vandermeer this too, because like he, I think he knows the actual answer to this. Like, there's, I think there's a definitive black and white answer on this. One. So, do we have to get Vandermeer on for a guest in the lab? No, never. But I'm okay, saying when right. you have him on the radio, yeah, yeah, yeah this I'll is ask. our this is our yeah, I know dance here. Yeah, that, that, that's very. But true. I do want to. I do want to get the answer. I'm when I see him upstairs. I'm and then let's get that on the radio on that. all access. But that's a great I'm question. But I, I do think it was – I think Andre was the, the choice all along. I think he was. The, either way. Whether it was first, right? second, third. Because they wanted to put a big weapon around mm-hmm. or, or for David Carr. He was the best player available type of deal. Right. I think I think that's what they would have done anyhow. What if they had had number one pick? They had a trade down. Yeah, who was it that year? Was it Carson Palmer. Yeah. He went to Cincinnati. Yeah, he would have been nice. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He would have been nice. That's true, John. but you, you you wouldn't have given – could you imagine an, an expansion team giving up on the number one overall pick he after one year? Nice. Oh, oh, my gosh. Or what about what about oh. no four Ben Roethlisberger being available? I mean, they're – I mean – That's Carson, part of the beauty of what Carson we do. Carson Palmer, yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger, the Aaron number – Aaron Rodgers in 05. Oh, I mean – those players were all available. That was going to be that was that Drew was one Brees I had as a free agent in 06. That was one I had written down uh, that I didn't ask. What if Jimmy Garoppolo had been selected at the top of the second round in 2014? So that would have meant oh, if the Texans had taken Garoppolo. What if yeah. the Texans had selected yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo at the top of the second round in 2014? Mm, well, we wouldn't have Deshaun Watson. That's true. I think the Texans would have been playing well. His learning curve. Does he start over Fitzpatrick as a rookie? I think Does he, I, he starts some games because you got you yanked Fitzpatrick that right. season for Mallet. I mean, if you think about Jimmy Garoppolo taking over in Cleveland like Mallet, and Jimmy Garoppolo then being the quarterback the rest of that year in 2014. I mean, you go into 2015 with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. Yeah, obviously you go through those hills and valleys in 2015. Part of that was because offensively you weren't quite there yet. Didn't have a lot of continuity either. You're flipping, right. flipping quarterbacks. Arian was banged up. You, you were flipping quarterbacks. You it's didn't a have one, a consistent yeah. guy. It's easy to say, "Oh yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is the truth," but going through those, like, how are those seasons changed? What's well, like? Would Tom Brady be Tom Brady if the Cowboys had taken him back? Right. Would he have even gotten an opportunity? Think about that. Two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. The Cowboys were bad. Yeah. They were really, really bad. They're playing Drew Henson. Yeah, I don't our, know. If that, that was a little bit later. I our think, guy so. Clint Sterner, he's got some good stories about those those years because yeah. he was with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some, got some good times. Yeah, that's a good one. I, maybe I should we should have talked about that one a little bit more. We kind of just did. So yeah, did. there you go. Hey man, I always love doing in the lab yeah, with man. you. I'm glad you're back. Glad you got a little uh, vacation in Los Angeles. Well, I and, appreciate uh, you being as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, Main Streets of Los Angeles. <laughs> he has a hell of a podcast. A hell of a good podcast. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Anyways, John, take care. Yeah, man. And we'll talk to you again very soon. 